It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Oklahoma City Thunder take care of business in Utah. Why this win was a coming-of-age moment for the Oklahoma City Thunder. We'll talk about that and Aaron Wiggins' breakout performance on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by FanDuel, we're going to talk about Aaron Wiggins saving basketball and the Thunder season. In this game, the Thunder took care of business and had a coming-of-age moment in this game against Utah. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more when you visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And let's start the way we always do with our game overview. For the Thunder, they didn't have Chet Holmgren, Kenny Hustle, both those guys out for the season uh, Pokashevsky also is out with a knee contusion. And then the Utah Jazz played nearly nobody. Colin Sexton, out. Walker Kessler, out. Taylor Horton Tucker, out. Rudy Gay, out. Laurie Markkinen, out. Jordan Clarkson, out. The Thunder start SGA, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, J-Dub, and J-Will. The Jazz start Chris Dunn, Okai Baji, Luka, not Doncic, Kelly Olenek, and Yudoka Azabuki. And the Thunder going to win 114-98. This was a coming-of-age moment for this Thunder team. The second youngest team in the history of this league. The youngest team this year in the NBA. The Thunder faced a must-win game for their postseason lives, a postseason that they desperately want to get to, that they desperately want to be a part of, from from what you hear in front of the scenes, behind the scenes, on SGA's Instagram story, on SGA's Instagram caption, everything that you see, this Thunder team wants to be in the play-in, wants to be in the postseason, wants to play a game past Sunday. And so this game was a must-win game against a team that rolled over for you. And that's a situation where over the last week, the Thunder have struggled in. They've struggled in this very moment. We are playing a team that has rolled over. You're playing a team that's waved the white flag. You're playing a team that has a CVS receipt injury report that you're supposed to go out there and you're supposed to dominate. And over this last week, they played Portland in that scenario, barely came out alive. They played Charlotte in that scenario, 
did not win. They played Detroit in that scenario, won on a miracle tip-in. They played the Pacers in that scenario with no Therese Halliburton, no Miles Turner, did not win. And now they were faced with that familiar foe of, hey, you're supposed to win this game. You go from the hunted to the huntee. You go from the upcoming young team to the team that's supposed to go out there and dominate. And that is an absurd amount of pressure to put on this team. To put into perspective how much pressure was on this team, once they blew a 16-point lead and it got trimmed down to two at halftime, people were calling it an embarrassment. An embarrassment. That's what people were saying about this team, about this game. And the Thunder end up winning, covering the spread, and winning by 16 points. Right back up to that margin that you like to see. But it doesn't matter the point spread. It doesn't matter uh, who played for Utah. What matters is how this Thunder team won. SGA was not his normal cyborg self. He was not his normal MVP caliber, all-NBA first-team caliber player. And that there was a lot of things to do with that. Utah defended him incredibly well. you got to give them credit. Defended him really well with that zone defense. It's a, it's, a, it's a format that's given him some trouble because of his surroundings, whenever Miami has done it, uh, and other teams as well. So credit to Utah. Also, SGA was just laboring a bit. Like It looked like he was gassed or in pain or both. Uh, to the point where he just didn't have his normal energy sustained throughout this entire game, uh, which is, uh, you know, understandable because he's dealing with so many different um, bruises and everything else. Plus, it's just a long season, and we, we've gotten to the end here for a high-usage player. And he, he was kind of inefficient for his standards, obviously, and, and wasn't efficient just period. And I think that that's a good thing that the Thunder, in a must-win game, did not win it because SGA just drug him along because SGA just threw him on their back on his back and just climbed up the mountain for him. No, they they helped SGA get to the finish line. And SGA still made incredible shots. SGA still made timely buckets. SGA still played really well. But it was not him alone dragging this Thunder team, which I think is important. And I think and I think is is a good thing in the long run. But the flow of this game was also great. You talk about experiences experiences in the postseason aren't just literally Wednesday in the play-in tournament. It's been this whole season where you play 45 clutch time games. It's been this whole season where you play games like this, where your back's against the wall and any loss is going to end your season. You're going to play an elimination game tonight against Utah. You just played it and you won. You're going to play an elimination game on Sunday against Memphis. You're going to play an elimination game on uh, Wednesday if you make it to the play-in tournament and so on and so forth. These things add up. These things matter. And in a must-win game, OKC threw that first punch. They threw that first punch. They got up 16 points. And as we mentioned, Utah swung a haymaker right back and trimmed that lead to two, tied the game. Uh, The Jazz grew a three-point lead. And it's an embarrassment. It's all dwindling. It's all unraveling. It's all falling apart. What's going on? And then OKC takes that haymaker, stumbles back, and then rears back to throw a knockout punch and eventually swell their lead to 20 points. Empty the benches, light the victory cigars, go have a parade, and go celebrate. At the end of the day, the Thunder got what you wanted. Now, it was a weird path to get there. You know, starting out strong, Jazz coming back, Jazz making some runs. But at the end of the day, if I told you 
on Wednesday night, hey, tomorrow against the Jazz, the Thunder are going to win by 20 points. You'd be you'd be ecstatic. You'd be elated. You'd be you'd be incredibly happy and your worries would subside. And that's what they did tonight. There were only two lead changes in this game. There were only five times that this game was tied. This Thunder team weathered the storm. This Thunder team was able to go out there and take care of business and respond to adversity, respond to the nature of just basketball where it's a game of runs and any given day and in the NBA you can get beat by anybody, no matter who they're playing and not playing. As we've seen not only this week, but throughout the last two years of Thunder basketball, we've seen that. The Thunder were a plus 10 on the glass. They had 17 offensive rebounds. They forced 19 turnovers, only gave the ball away 12 times. And uncharacteristically, it was the three ball that went going that got going for OKC because they didn't score in the paint but 46 points in the paint, and Utah scored 66 points in the paint. Uncharacteristically, the Thunder dominate second chance points in the sense of, you know, they won it 24 to 16, and they tied in fast break points. The Thunder shot 40, 33, and 80. Utah shot 49, 16, and 68. Free throws and three-pointers doomed Utah in this one. OKC had seven in double figures and one more with nine points. Utah had five in double figures in this game. And this was a great win for OKC. Again, Shea was not some some otherworldly star. There was no controversial calls by the refs. There was some adversity to fight through. Like It wasn't just a, a sprint to the end where you're up by 20 wire to wire. But overall, the Thunder communicated better defensively. They picked up guys at midcourt, heck, sometimes you know pressing them. They scrapped, they clawed, they stayed inside of their own race, running their own race, and they won the game. There's no such thing as a bad win. All you do is survive and advance. And now the Thunder keep destiny in their own hands. If you go out there on Sunday at 2.30, you should pack the Paycom Center for this team. If you got through on Sunday at 2.30 and beat the Grizzlies, you're in the dance. If the Mavericks lose one of these two games, Bulls, Spurs, you're in the dance. So, again, all the Thunder have to do is win, and they're in. And if the Mavericks lose tomorrow to the Bulls or lose Sunday to the Spurs, the Thunder are also in. And I think that it's great to reflect on the fact that this team, with all that's happened to them, you lose Chet Holmgren, you lose Kenny Hustle, who's a valuable, valuable, valuable piece. You've seen SGA in and out of the lineup with different injuries, even dating back to the start of the year, though, though the the first uh, you know game of the year. And then COVID, and then abdominal strains, and back-to-backs, and everything else where you lost, lost Shea. You've dealt with Lou Dort missing time. You've dealt with Pokashevsky getting hurt, you know, who was playing at a much better clip than we remember uh, before his injury back in December. Jeremiah Rumpson-Earl's twisted ankle. Like, you've dealt with so much for a season where many people predicted this to be a 20-ish win team. I mean, John Hollinger literally said 20 wins, four or less than, than what they got last year. For that team that was projected to be in that range to make us feel like this, where games on April 6th make us a glass case of emotion, where we're riding the highs and riding the lows and and, and freaking out with every shot attempt 
freaking out with every pass, freaking out with every second that falls off of that clock. For this team to achieve that is incredible. For this team to achieve that is a huge win in and of itself. Because you're kidding yourself if you thought that was a possibility back in October with all that went wrong for OKC in the offseason, with Chet Holmgren getting hurt and everything else. So whether that storm shows you just how bright the future is for Oklahoma City, to weather all of that, and to be here today in control of your own fate and holding on to that 10th seed in the Western Conference. And by the time Friday ends, if the Bulls can pull off an upset, you'll have clinched a playoff berth. Despite all of that, that's impressive. That's impressive. So no matter what happens, if the Thunder do or don't play a game after Easter, this season was a wild success. And they've played games of consequences together. And they've clearly picked up on some lessons. Last week's Thunder team wouldn't have won this game. But they learn from those experiences, both good and bad. And that's why experiences are so important. And they're already compiling those experiences, so you might as well get one more next week. But it doesn't matter what Dallas does. Go beat Memphis on Sunday. Go pack the Paycom Center to support this team in a weird matinee start where you know anyone is gettable in a matinee start, as you saw with the Suns a couple weeks ago. Plus, you know, if, if, if the Grizzlies lock up their seating, they'll, they'll rest players, whatever. Bottom line is, as you did tonight, go handle your own business on Sunday. And they deserve all of your support on Sunday. I know it's going to be a weird start time. I know I know it's complicated with, with everything going on on Sunday. But if you can, if you're able, go pack the Paycom Center for this team. I promise it will be a fun time. Coming up, we'll talk about Aaron Wiggins. We'll talk about SGA and the rest of this team. But first, I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at the Nissan Aria, folks. Nissan Aria, go over there right now to NissanUSA.com to shop now. The Nissan's most electric player of the week is brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. Folks, it's clear who the player of the week is. It's not SGA. It's not Josh Giddy. It's not Jalen Williams, either one of them. Aaron Wiggins is the Nissan Aria player of the week for that performance on Thursday. I mean, he was just brilliantly fierce. He was electric in this game, playing the passing lanes. He was doing it all. And that's why he's our Nissan Aria player of the week. Because like the Nissan Aria, he was electric, brilliantly fierce, fiercely elegant, stunningly powerful. Go check it out today. It's the 2023 Nissan Aria. It packs a pin-you-to-your-seat power with premium intelligence all-in-one EV. It's the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. The EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. 
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms including on YouTube, so you never miss an episode. Follow me on Twitter, at Ryland underscore Styles, and go check out the Locked NBA show for the national perspective on all of basketball. Let's talk Wiggins. Aaron Wiggins, 15 points, three steals, three assists, four rebounds, four for four from the line, one for four from three, 55% from the floor. He's your Nissan Aria Player of the Week. He had great energy, effort, juice. He made that winning impact. He closed the game down the stretch over Lou Dort. And it's just time to stop the madness. Play Wiggins. Forget about reputation. Forget about the plan, the process. Forget about where any player was picked or what they're supposed to do or what they're supposed to be or, or who we think they are or who they might be. Play Wiggins. Play him. Play him 28 minutes like you did tonight. Play him 30 minutes. Play him over 30 minutes. Play him. You know, and, and play Dort too. I mean, that's not, and you know, this is an example of where Dort didn't play down the stretch. But like, in general, I don't care how you have to play Wiggins. Play Wiggins. I don't care who has to suffer to play Wiggins. Play Wiggins. And I, and I do think that that shoulder injury was bothering Lou Dort in this game. I think that that cannot be uh, downplayed. I think that it was... It was a big part of the reason why he he didn't play that much in this game because he just could not perform with that shoulder injury. But this is a must-win game, so you have to give it a go. Like you have to commend Lou Dort for trying to go in this game. But I've had to guess uh, it was uh, it was a lot of pain for him to to play in this game with that with that shoulder injury. We have no idea what that means for Sunday. But again, that's all just a guess. But I do think it's worth mentioning before we just start piling on Lou Dort. But Wiggins, independent of Lou Dort does deserve a ton of minutes because he just has a knack for making winning plays. He just has a knack for for helping your team, for making big plays. He has a nose for the ball like a strong safety, the ability to just go play the passing lanes and read what the what the playmaker is going to do and go get steals as he did in this one, you know, with uh, with a couple of steals in this game. He is great at finishing at the rim, great in playing in transition, great on cutting. He helps you space the floor. And he even can keep the offense in a a rhythm and a flow. The ball doesn't stick to him. When you talk about Aaron Wiggins, you describe the player that Oklahoma City is looking for. This model, the Thunder continue to tell us that they're looking for, continues to be Aaron Wiggins. I don't care that he was picked 55th overall. I don't care that he started out as a two-way guy. He's a guy. He's a guy you should be playing. He's a guy that can help you win basketball games. It's a plus 19 in this one. 
play Aaron Wiggins. And they did tonight. And I think that they revealed their hand of like, hey, when, when the going gets tough, when it's time to really buckle down and throw everything else out the window, and it's a must-win back against the wall game, this is a guy you got to get minutes for. This is a guy you got to play. And they did. To their credit, they did. They played him 28 minutes, and that's, that is perfect. That's perfect. So I'm glad he played. I'm glad he made such a big impact, and, and I think that he'll continue to do so. I think that he is forcing the hand of Oklahoma City. He's forcing the hand to play him. He's forcing the hand to include him as part of this team moving forward because he's on a, a contract where he has two more years under control, both of them making sub $2 million. And as you add pieces to this team, think about how valuable Wiggins is right now. Add back in a healthy Chet Holmgren. Add back in a healthy Kenny Hustle. Add back in a lottery pick this year that that you know you would project to, to rank higher on the totem pole than Aaron Wiggins. Add in whatever you might do on the margins in the offseason in free agency with all that cap space or on the trade market, if you even do anything at all. And Wiggins then moves down to your 8, 9, 10, 11th guy. And if that's the production you're getting from your 10th or 11th guy, and he's rightfully in that position just based upon everyone else making a leap and everyone else being ahead of him, that is insane value. That is absurd value. Wiggins is, I think, a part of the future, along with Isaiah Joe. They've gone from this cool story to like, oh, you they're, they're invaluable. You can't replace them. Like they're, they're, There's not going to be an upgrade for these guys. Just out there waiting for you. Their minutes are going to change, right? Whenever, whenever Kenny's back, you're going to need to play him, and somebody has to get their get their minutes reduced. When Chet's back, you're going to play him. That's obvious. And so then you're going to shuffle around the minutes and, and, and in this positionless style that impacts everybody, even though he's a center. But they should still get minutes. They should still be um, in the rotation. They should still be making an impact, and, and for specifically this year, whether that lasts Sunday or beyond, he should play 30 minutes on Sunday. He should play 30 minutes on Wednesday if you're lucky enough to play on Wednesday. And then we worry about the rest of that stuff later. SGA, I mean, for his standards, struggled 22 points, 7 assists, 7 rebounds, a steal, 7 for 10 at the line, 1 for 5 from 3, uh, 36% from the floor. It's still a good night for, like, the majority of NBA players. I, I thought that his willingness to shoot threes this week was um, eye-popping. He, he hasn't really taken threes. This season, a very low clip for him. But stakes are rising. Got to get out of your comfort zone. Got to try to, you know, um, expand your game. And he's taking threes now, which I like. But, but you know, he had moments where he was harassing Jazz, Jasmine. <laughs> he was harassing Akai Baji and, and just making his life hard. And he had moments where he looked gassed and and... and and lacked energy, and I don't say that as like an indictment as in like he didn't try. I mean like he looked like he physically just couldn't. Like he just physically just could not muster up anything because of how worn down he is. And so I think that these two days off are going to do wonders for him. And then if you do survive past Sunday, you get another two days off uh, after that, which I think is great. And hopefully that allows him to bounce back. And then again, credit to the Jazz. That that one three one was... Great at stopping um, the Thunder, and I think that had a lot to do with also 
the players around him. So I don't want this to come off as like just because it's worked a couple of times in the zone against Shea that Shea's the problem. It's hard to beat the zone without shooters. It's hard to beat the zone when the guys in the corners, you know, are Dort and Giddy. No offense to them. It's just that they're not imposing, you know, three point shooters to where you can even play a, a more help on the zone. But as I said before, in a sense, it was good for OKC that SGA was not Superman. That SGA didn't, you know, force this win in the sense of it was only because of Shea. And if you took Shea out of this game, they wouldn't have won. That's still probably true, right? I mean, he still scored 22 points, still was really good. But it was more of a complimentary style of win for OKC in this one, which can do wonders for uh, the future and for uh, this team moving forward. Speaking of moving forward, let's talk Josh Giddy, who was great at getting to the rim and being aggressive at the rim. But before we do that, let's talk FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, folks, is the number one sports book in America. Check it out today. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. If you're new, that's great because you get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. So go download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to the point spread, to three-pointers drained, to points scored. You can even combine bets in a same-game parlay for an even bigger payout at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. We can go there right now and find the odds for this pivotal Mavericks and Bulls game. The Mavericks are nine-point favorites tomorrow night. The Grizzlies are six-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in Milwaukee. Here's what you're going to want to root for. Root, root, root for the Grizzlies. Root, root, root for the Bulls. And if both those things go down, you're smooth sailing. You're smooth sailing into next week. So that's what you're going to root for. You can even put some shekels on it for some fun over at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you. Talking Thunder Basketball. For your next lesson, check out Locked On NBA. Let's talk Josh Giddy, who was really good, really aggressive at finishing at the rim. 17 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists, 3 steals, 2 for 5 from 3, 3 for 4 from the free throw line, which is good to see him getting there four times in this game. Uh, 43% from the floor, like legitimately played really good. Was was a really good communicator defensively also. Like he's not going to get a ton of credit for his defense, but like he was really good at putting guys in position and helping uh, get reset on scrambles uh, on the defensive end. The highlight of this game for him was this uh, just absurd absurd hook shot pass thing to Isaiah Joe where he's directing Isaiah Joe with a head nod and with his eyes to create space for Isaiah Joe. That's the definition of a playmaker of a shot creator in Josh Giddy. He understands where the open space is. Not only does he understand that he understands where your open space is. Not only does he understand that he understands how to 
how to get your attention and alert you to your open space. And then he knows how to find you and set you up in your open space. And then it's up to you to cash it in, which Isaiah Joe did uh, for this amazing assist, part of his eight total. Josh Giddy played a really, really, really good game in this one. He stepped up in the biggest game of the season. He stepped up uh, in arguably Shea's worst game of the season to help him out because there's been times where SGA has picked everyone else up, like right? Like SGA has had games where he had to pick someone else up for, for them having a bad game. And so by SGA's standards, this was not a good game. And so it's good to see that the team picked him up and, and we're still able to weather the storm. Now, Shea still played good, but again, we understand his standard is so different, which is unfair to him, but it's true. Jay Whale, I thought, played better than his box score showed again. Those three three-pointers were massive. Six rebounds, two assists, a steal, a charge drawn, 11 points. Was really boxing out for positioning, which helped the Thunder clean up on the glass uh, in a big way, even though they didn't they didn't directly go to him except for the six of them that did. Uh, you know, he created opportunities for others to go and get rebounds, which was huge for OKC against a much bigger Jazz team. I think that Jay Will plays a really good style. You saw him getting played as uh, in, in that kind of... Uh, Zone buster role that Kenny Hustle was so good in at the nail whenever the Jazz went to his zone. Uh, he, he did well in that. One of his two assists came off of that whenever he fired it, a bounce pass to Lou Dort cutting to the rim. I thought that Jay Will played really well uh, in this game. Isaiah Joe, two charters drawn for Isaiah Joe. So the Arkansas connection stays strong there. 11 points, three for nine from three, three rebounds, three assists, two steals, 21 minutes plus nine. So two steals, two charges drawn. That's immediately four possessions that you just totally ended much less all the good contests that he had. Three for nine from three. You love to see that. Plus nine in this game, quality defense, 21 minutes. Like that is valuable, valuable, valuable performances off the bench. And it didn't stop there. Like Dario Sarch really got off the bench, was strong with 14 points, really helped OKC crack the code against the zone. This is a big thing too that I wanted to add at the top of the show, forgot to say it. Not only did the Thunder take the punches in this game, they adapted in this game. Like the zone was killing Oklahoma City in the first half. That's how the that's how the Jazz made their run to close the half. It was murdering OKC. Same game, same team, same zone. Second half, flip of the switch. OKC beats it. They adjust. They get the win. Sarch played a, played a role in that. He deserves credit for that uh, as well. Two for four from deep uh, in this one. Double double for Sarch off the bench. And Lindy Waters. Way to step up, kid. I mean, 10 points, three rebounds, and assists, two for five from three, uh, plus 16 in 15 minutes. He played actually, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a key role off the pine for OKC. And then J-Dub, relatively quiet game by his standards, obviously, but a great poster to cap off the night. So the MVP of this game has to go to Aaron Wiggins, but what a win it was for Oklahoma City. What a game it was for the Thunder as the Thunder take care of business. Again, today... You're going to want to root for two things. Bulls, please beat the Mavericks. Grizzlies, take care of the Bucs. If one of those things happen, you're in good shape. Because if the Bulls beat the Mavericks, it's over. The race is over. It's clinched. Playoffs are set in the Western Conference. The Thunder are in. Because at that point, the best the Mavs could do is one-on-one. The worst OKC could do is one-on-one. And the Thunder hold the tiebreaker. Uh, If the... Grizzlies beat the Bucks. That clinches the Grizzlies into the second seed in the West, and in all likelihood, would mean that they would that they would rest some players on Sunday. Here's the kicker with that, though, and why that's less important uh, than Chicago. Obviously, that, that that would help if the if the Grizzlies would rest John and rest their stars, but 
the Grizzlies second unit is not a normal second unit. Like that's still a really good team that, that, that you would, uh, that you're gonna have to tango with on Sunday uh, in the afternoon in the Paycom center should still beat them, but still a better than average second unit for, for Memphis. But, and, and as we said, bulls winning is huge because it just automatically clinches, uh, a playoff spot for OKC, which is, which is great after a two season absence. That's all it's been folks. Two seasons without the playoffs. And it might be here again. We got a lot of shows coming up for you five days a week. And after every single game, we'll be back. If, if the, if the bulls win tomorrow or today at this point, if the bulls win and beat Dallas, we have to do an emergency podcast. We just have to, uh, and, and then we'll be back of course, after the Memphis game and a preview of the postseason and all that fun stuff that we have planned as a network. Uh, but even if they don't win, we might have an emergency podcast just to set the table for Sunday. Who knows? But make sure you stay tuned. Subscribe across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode, including on YouTube, including on all your podcasting podcatchers feeds like Apple Podcasts, like Spotify, like Google Play. And follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And until next time, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.